Do you need coffee to be in a good mood on this edition of Truth and Love? I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. I'm on the road this week, and I'm talking to you through the phone, but wanted us to discuss on the podcast a really important issue, the issue of coffee. And we've all heard it. Don't talk to me. I haven't had my coffee yet. Or I can't get started unless I've had three cups of coffee six cups of coffee, or you pick the number. We live in a culture that loves coffee, but we also live in a culture that often feels like we need coffee. Amy Evenson, the producer of Truth and Love, is with us this week to ask us some questions about that. Amy? Yeah, Heath. So statistics show that at least 68 million Americans consume three cups of coffee a day, and over 21 million Americans drink six or more cups of coffee a day. Caffeine is a drug that is addictive and is suggested to be the most widely used stimulant in the world. Given these stats, and for coffee drinkers around the world, is caffeine addiction something Christians need to be concerned about? Yeah, it is. Um, The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.12 that all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. This is the Bible here balancing two things. On the one hand, the Bible talks about our freedom. All things are lawful for me, uh, Paul says twice. We are free to do anything that is not sinful, and the Bible tells us what's sinful and what's not, and the Bible does not say it's a sin to drink coffee or that it's a sin to have caffeine, and so we are free on the one hand. But on the other hand, the Bible balances that emphasis on freedom with an emphasis on the importance of not being mastered or dominated by anything. All things are lawful for me, the Bible says, but not everything's helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. And so while we are free in Christ to enjoy all good things, we cannot be dominated by anything. And this goes for illegal street drugs. This goes for alcohol. It goes for television and video games. It goes for coffee. We are not allowed to be dominated by anything. And so Christians uh, aren't concerned about coffee or caffeine addiction because we're concerned about coffee as much as we are concerned about the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 to 15, the Apostle Paul says he is controlled by the love of Jesus Christ because he's concluded that one has died and in him all have died, and he died so that we who live might no longer live for ourselves, but for him who for our sake died and was rose, died and was raised. The Bible teaches that we are to be controlled by Jesus Christ, not anything else. And so as Christians, we need to be concerned when anything uh, steals the primary allegiance in our heart, which is devoted to Jesus Christ, whether that's coffee or caffeine or anything else. So it's common to hear people say things like, don't talk to me yet, I haven't had my coffee, um, or once I get my coffee, I might be in a better mood. Is there anything wrong with these statements, or is it okay to be dependent upon caffeine? 
Well, so it's an interesting question, and the answer kind of depends. When people say, uh, don't talk to me, I haven't had my coffee yet, or I need coffee before I can be nice, uh, honestly, some people are trying to be funny. Uh, They're not trying to make an actual statement about their state of mind, or they're not actually threatening you that I will be mean to you if – if you don't give me my coffee first, some people are trying to be funny. And I think sometimes we can take a load off and just laugh a little bit. Um, if though, there is any truth in that, if people do actually believe or do mean to truly communicate that they can't be kind until they've had coffee, or they can't have a conversation with you until they've had coffee, then, then that would be a problem. So you think about a passage like first Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7. It says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So it's a text of scripture here that tells us what love does, what love is. It says that Love is patient, and love is kind. Love is not arrogant or rude. Uh, love is not resentful. Love rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things and endures all things. Love does that, not coffee. And this is important because love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit that believers in Jesus Christ have. When when a person trusts in Jesus Christ, the Spirit comes to dwell in him, and the Spirit produces love and the manifestations of love. So we want to be careful that we don't credit coffee with what the Holy Spirit of Christ can do. And so Christians, if they're serious, should not believe that they need coffee to produce what the Spirit can do, but instead they ought to uh, learn to walk with the Spirit, whose work it is to produce the fruit of love. So what does it look like for a Christian to have caffeine in a God-honoring way? I think there are actually a number of ways that we could answer this, but, but one really helpful way is to think about the fruit of the Spirit that I was just talking about. So when you understand that it is the work of the Spirit to produce love, then I think that we should think about drinking coffee in a way that helps to foster the fruit of the Spirit. So what I mean by that is a passage like 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 to 4. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teaching of demons, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing it is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer." Okay, so this is a passage that tells us that God gives people good gifts, and the gifts, like food and like marriage, aren't to be rejected if they are received with thanksgiving. And so all of God's good gifts 
are to be received by Christians with thanksgiving. That's another spiritual fruit. It's the work of the Spirit to produce the good gift of gratitude in Christians. And so gratitude is... I think one fundamental element from 1 Timothy 4 about how we might drink coffee. Gratitude is the joy you experience when you receive something that you don't deserve. You don't feel grateful when you get something that you deserve or that you have coming to you. You feel entitled. Um, Gratitude, then, is an emotion that reminds us that the gift we have received is something that we don't deserve. Gratitude is the fruit of the Spirit that says every good thing I have is something that I've received from the Lord, and it's something that I do not deserve. And so I would want to say to Christians, enjoy your coffee, but enjoy it with gratitude, don't enjoy it with an entitled sense of expectation. And once you can start to be thankful for the gift of coffee, uh, the gift of coffee that you anticipate receiving maybe when you wake up in the morning, or the gift of coffee that you are receiving as you drink it, or that you have received when you finish it, then that's going to be uh, one key check on sin. Uh, Another fruit of the Spirit that we read about in Galatians chapter 5 is self-control. Um, the fruit of the Spirit is love. One fruit of the Spirit is thanksgiving. Another fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Uh, we need to be sure as Christians that we can say no to things. The, the only way to be sure that we're not being dominated by something in the 1 Corinthians 6:12 sense is by demonstrating that we can say no to it. And so some people listening to this, as they try to nurture the fruit of the spirit of love and the fruit of the spirit of gratitude need to learn to nurture the fruit of the spirit of self-control and say, no, Uh, I know people that don't go to work until they've had two pots of coffee in the morning. Uh, Some people less than that. Some people say, I need eight pots or eight cups of coffee or something like that. But wherever you are, why don't you, as you try to nurture love and gratitude in your life with coffee, why don't you also try to nurture self-control? and say, you know, I'm going to have half a cup of coffee instead of one, or I'm going to have two cups of coffee instead of four, or I'm going to have a pot of coffee instead of two, uh, and try to nurture self-control. And if you find that that is something you can't do, that you can't say no to coffee, then you have been dominated by it, and you probably need to talk to somebody, a brother or sister in Christ, who could help you and hold you accountable in that area to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Our goal at ACBC is to help the church grow in wisdom about how to help people with the problems that they face. One of the ways that we do this is with our regional and online trainings. And I want to invite you to participate with us in an online training that we have coming up this summer. This training is going to help you know how to understand problems from a biblical perspective, and it's going to help you know how to help people who struggle with those problems by using the scriptures and by pointing to the grace of Jesus. You can find out more about that online training and about the ministry of ACBC by visiting us online at www.biblicalcounseling.com.